Hey, and welcome to episode two of the special Dads in Lockdown season of Hang On To Your Hat. Today's special guest is musician, artist, studio operator, an all-round good egg and dad, Mr. Brooke Penrose. Dad, Daddy, you're a naughty boy. These days, fatherhood is everywhere. You can't get away from it. Not the blokes haven't tried. If you're not a father, you've got a father. You're a son of a dad or a daughter of a bloke. But either way, being a dad is no picnic. The fear, the anger, the confusion and, well, the love, of course. (laughs) Eric Myers and Dan Lee, together with their special guests, are here to share the highs and lows, the joys and the agony of being a modern dad. But most of all, to let you know that you're not alone. Hey, and welcome to Hang On To Your Hat, a fatherhood podcast. And the next part of our special COVID uh, series, Dads in Lockdown, we have a special guest, Brooke Penrose. Welcome Hi. to Hang On To Your Hat. It's working. The magical, <laughs> the magical tech. Look at us in all our professional studios. <laughs> this is just the reality for everyone at the moment, isn't it? It is. It is. It's that, that little pause and then somebody pops up on a screen and we feel like we're actually in conversation. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have a whole uh, room full of dudes ready to press change camera. I've got to do it myself <laughs> and my uh, COVID brain, this is the baby brain of the, tw- of the 20, yeah. no, 2020, oh, COVID brain says, stop talking while you do that. <laughs> Thank, thanks so much for agreeing. Uh, pretty oh, late pleasure. notice. Um Something happened. Uh, this series is obviously about just connecting with different types of dads. Mm. And uh, I've got a dad living in a country town with an only child. I've got a dad who's a, a PhD who's trying different ways of dealing with parenting, sort of scientifically, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Not experimenting, <laughs> but uh, and uh or a dad who was uh, doing the main parenting while his while his wife does the the bread keeping. What's it like having her home in, up in his face <laughs> in his normal <laughs> environment? So a few different types. And and uh, when I saw this on the social media, I immediately contacted Brooke. Okay, here it is. <laughs> this is a Facebook post. I'm putting you out there. I give up on good parenting. No one dead at the end of each day is my standard of care, is now my standard of care. <laughs> and I think that might have hit, just touched a few people. <laughs> I read that and went, yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> has it been tough? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has been tough. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, it's it's that thing that we're living with at the moment through through all of this where all of us are struggling and, everyone has a different level of what they can cope with and, and even what they are allowed to complain about because, I mean, really essentially when you've been locked up in a nice house for six months and not really locked up, um, it's not exactly the same as being in, you know, an asylum, you know, immigration detention for six years or, or you know, locked up in a country that doesn't allow for personal freedom. So we're all you know, varying degrees. But we also, I think that the, the thing for humans is we all have our own experience um, of life and it's the only one we ever get. Um, and so you, I think you are allowed still to complain that 
things today are not quite as nice as they were yesterday. Yeah, and that's yeah. The, that's so important, isn't it? That, that the first instinct I had was, well, you can't, mustn't grumble. You know, yeah, <laughs> it was like that for a while. You know, and, and and you go, oh yeah, I'm not this and I'm not that. I'm not stuck in hospital. Mm. I'm not asylum seeker. I'm not in this position, but but in the end that can be kind of detrimental if you hold that all in and go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Telling yourself that everything's good, you've got nothing to complain about, yet you've got a build-up of angst and anger and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that guilt, you know, experience guilt is very, very good for you. I think it's 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 okay. It's fine to have a complain every now and then. You know, mm-hmm. you keep it in perspective and, you know, have a whinge every now and then to your friends and, you know, hopefully everyone sort of goes, yeah, 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 you'll be right. And then the next day, do your best to move on. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed a few damaging, I guess, damaging complaints where yeah. where I guess people are just wanting to fo- fixate on something, for instance, mm. a leader or something oh, like that. Yeah. And it's kind of frustrating, putting a lot of pressure on friendships. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of uh, yeah. it's taken Facebook pressure to the next level. You know. It really has. I mean, it, it's we're living in a strange day, the strange days of social media, anyway. But but th- this lockdown has just taken that to an nth degree. Mm. That need for people to just polarize their views and argue instantly on anything. I mean, you can't recognize when someone's making a joke by the by their expression or their language, just by you know. And but people are just instantly. Um, be, because we're all high high levels of anxiety and stress and all that sort of stuff, where you know it's really easy to be triggered. I'm triggered all the time with something, and I have to stop myself and say, "Actually, I don't think that has anything to do with you at all, Brooke. Mm. That was just someone making a comment about themselves." And and you have to stop and go, "Oh yeah, that's okay. People are allowed to have opinions without me feeling like I need to go." Yeah, and there's one thing with all that on social media, but then. We're living in homes with our mm. own children. Yeah, yeah. Do you have uh, how many kids have you got? I've got two. I've got a, a five-year-old, recently five-year-old, and a two-year-old. Oh, uh, oh. See now, yeah. in the at least I'm not sort of category, I've got a twelve and a ten, and I think <laughs> I've said a few times. In fact, maybe yesterday, uh, at least at, at least they're sort of old, sentient enough to just say. Go and sit on the trampoline for two hours. I'm recording or or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah that's the dif- that's the pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I bet there are, and I bet, I bet for for you, you've you've got that added thing of, you know, I I I know what I could get them to do because they're twelve and that they could be doing this educational stuff and this interesting stuff, but still, there's that struggle um, of of time and pressure that we're all under at the moment um, for them. And, and, you know, flip side of that is for me, I don't have to worry about that stuff, Yeah, but it wouldn't be possible anyway with five and a two year old. So. It's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Like, you know, I've got one, I've got a grade six guy, you know, and, and so his preparation for going to high school is not what it's not ideal. Is it? You yeah. Know, no, no, no socializing or, yeah. Only online with the dudes, you know, that he plays a game with. No, you know, not even interacting with any girls of his age, mm, sort mm. of thing. That would have been horrific. Yeah. At my, when so I was you've got age. two boys. 
You've got two boys. No, one boy, but but yeah, I've got a ten year old daughter. So yep. unfortunately, she's the own she's the only interaction he has with girls, <laughs> and that's not it's not always pleasant. Um, but yeah. yeah, look, it it's tough having the little ones, and and it, it I guess if they're not in school, well, at mm. least the three year old's not in school. You haven't got that sort of having to come to a much bigger agreement sooner with your mm. partner about what happens and where and how much. So in with the schooling, it's like, oh, how much do we ride them? Who There's the mm. schools of thought of just let them run wild, a little bit like your Facebook post, let's just not die and yeah. everything will be all right, you know. Yeah, I'm glad we've skipped that. I mean, he's he's our eldest is preparing to go into, kin, into school next year, so he's yeah. had a kindergarten year which hasn't really existed. Um, and preparing to go off to school, and I th- he'll be he'll be fine. And I think everyone's going to be in the same situation and mm. same position socially. Um, but even the the most simple things that you know the the kindergarten teacher or or we try and do on an educational level, a learning level, which I'm he would probably really love to do. Mm. Um, we've got a two year old, and a two year old doesn't allow you to do things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tears it up. It's he so tears hard. up the world. You know, his latest thing is just—I don't even know where he got. It's just this. This is this is where I'm like, I I I am not even bothering to say I'm a good parent anymore. He said to me the other day after throwing pencils at my head, my two-year-old said, "I'll cut you. I'll cut you like this." Oh wow, that's it. Where is that from? <laughs> I they know he's it, not. They he's, hear it and then they've got it. <laughs> where did you hear that from me? I'll cut you. <laughs> oh God! A friend oh, of mine terrifying. put up something. Uh, a friend of mine put up his son. He was asked to unpack the dishwasher. Yeah. And he replies little, and he and he replied with, "I've never loved. I don't love you. I've never loved you." Like that oh, was one for him. Wow. And uh, it it rang true because my my son he's twelve and. To be honest, if he knew what Amnesty International was and he had their number, he'd be on to them. Wow. Because you know, the yeah. look he gives me when I say, can you unpack the dishwasher because that's your yeah. job and it's what you're always going to do. Oh, it's like I, um, human rights violation. Yeah, how <laughs> would you? How could you? Our, the, our, the thing with, with our eldest is he's he's – He's great. He's he's really creative. He's hugely creative. Like he's he does lots of drawing. He's just started getting back into drawing actually lately, which has been really cool to see. And he's he's really creative with it. But his general form of creativity is to get, for instance, in the backyard, he'll get every piece of furniture and boxes and plants and the hose and rocks and chicken food and grass and make this sculptural farmland thing which you can't touch for a week uh he's allowed to but no one else can go near it and he'll do the same thing in the house he'll move every bit of furniture in the lounge room and turn it into his shop or whatever else and these things are amazing Mm. but he's got a room full of toys there and if you need to do some you know tough parenting and you're like consequences for this sort of you know us being able to live together as human beings and you act like a complete monster and you need to be able to say i'm gonna take this away from you or this away from me he doesn't care he doesn't like the only thing you can threaten him with is 
I'm not going to let you t- watch television. And he knows he knows you're not going to do that because it's the only thing that any of us can do to be, to be calm. Yes. You know, he doesn't play computer games. He doesn't care about his toys. So that's the only one is that thread of like, you know, you're not going to let to watch TV. And then it's like, well, yeah, I can't even say that. It's it's pretty hard when my when I hear my wife going, right, that's it. That's a month's ban from playing your computer game. I'm oh, like, God. my gut just hurts physically. It's yeah. like, no, please, because we're stuck in this tiny little house in Preston. Was it like that for you before? Yeah, it was it was hard. It was really hard because the following through with punishment is the hardest. Yeah. If you yeah. keep saying I'm gonna, I'm gonna, eventually you have to do it. You know, it's almost I, like I said to my kids, I said, I'm determined one one year to pull the pin on Christmas. Oh, Just yeah. when you're naughty, one day oh. I'm gonna do I think it's good parenting. And they're going, What are yeah. you on about? I was just I was just kind of I guess I was torturing them. But uh, <laughs> but I was kind of saying, look, <laughs> as a good parent, I always threaten this stuff, right? So what I'm gonna yeah. do one day is follow through. So watch <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> because I used to- yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. Just be- because I need you to know that one day it's going to happen. And <laughs> Boy Wonders just finished a month off his his game, and during oh, wow. lockdown, that's horrific. Wow, he deserved it. There's, trust me. Oh, that is it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, you've you've got that that guilt of of like um, you know what kind of parent am I denying them these things? But at the same time, you know, you're trying to raise people who are um, who care and 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 show empathy and. It's harder, of course, with a five and a two-year-old for 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 us because I mean, five-year-olds don't even have empathy. They don't sort of children don't tend to develop until sort of seven or eight. Yeah. They start to actually have true empathy rather than emulated empathy. But at the same time, you're trying to encourage faking it till you make it. You know, pretend that you care about anyone else. So. Yes. You have to have consequences for for the sort of actions that you wouldn't allow. You know, if if I came around to your house and started throwing things around the house and calling you names, I'm yeah. sure you'd kick me out. Yeah, that's it. They, they get away with yeah. murder, and and you've got that. Yeah. You sort of got that scenario where, I guess you, with with a two and a five year old, you've got that situation where you come and go, and they're experiencing mm. their parents. Mm separately and together and all this big yeah. but now i mean it's a big it's like a 30 percent of one of their lives is covid yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like that and the, the most important 30 percent, which is the last year you know yeah Maybe not 30 yeah. whatever the maths is but that's a huge amount and that's everyone jammed together so what it's, do you think is going to happen after are they going to go my parents don't love me anymore. They're, they're <laughs> going out for two, two and a half hours at a time. What's happened? Like I take it you work from home. Uh, yeah, for the majority of the time I work from home, I do. I have a studio, a recording studio uh, at my house, and I also do um, art uh, and drawing commission album covers and um drawing sort of different drawing projects and design projects. Um, but then I also do work uh, for my dad. He does, he builds um, science equipment, this this environmental testing equipment that oh. goes out to the Antarctic or the Arctic and it measures uh, wave. So that's the other oh, wow. part of 
part of it's my a, life. Sounds exciting to know about that one. It's not in my yeah, heavy-duty journalist notes, but yeah. <laughs> great, great to learn stuff. Yeah. I mean, I do that a couple of days a week. Um, and it just depends what I can fit in between. Oh, that's that's, that's, work, that's, that. that's got to be uh, good for, if anything, not just the dough, but it's got to be good for uh, having that getting out of the, the, the workplace that's the same. Yeah, that's time. right. Yeah. I, I used to be, I was a kindergarten teacher for 12 years um, and I don't miss doing the job, mm-hmm. but I do miss going to work and being away from work. Yeah. Um, even working with my dad, which is great. I'm going back to my, um, you know, the house I grew up in <laughs> to do this work, which is oh, okay. great yeah. with my hands and, building and design and soldering and you know using tools it's it's great mm. uh, i really enjoy it but it's um i, I miss uh, being at in a workplace with work colleagues and having people coming in so the recording studio is great because when people come in you know it's 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 vibrant for me and and a really good thing yeah for those out there that uh, watching that or listening that uh press play before they read the notes <laughs> brooke is uh, part of a band. Well, I know him uh, from his band, St. Jude, right? So St. Jude primarily. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I'm a big fan of the band and, and uh, I contacted, uh, must have contacted you guys to be on my other podcast, which is about music a while yeah. back. I've got all the St. Jude records. So check that out if you're listening. So you're a musician, you're in a band, singer, yep. songwriter, things like that. Um, yeah, guitar, um, and a few bands uh, and different experiments, but also illustrator. So Captain B Studios, that it is that the name of your recording studio? Illustrator. Yeah, yeah, I call it a, a recording and design studio. Ah. It's kind of my catch-all sort of yeah. term for it. So it's amazing that the the art is amazing. You see it on album covers around the place. You're not just your own. Oh, and yeah. uh, I I saw. Did you do the um, the Triple R uh, program. Did you do the design for the Triple R program? A couple of years ago, I did yeah, one. For yeah, yeah. Sort of sort horror, recognizable design. Yeah, kind of a horror, sort of dripping stuff. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I really yeah, it looked that. Cool. It was great. And the Resi Stomp. Yeah, and I do the Reservoir Stomp artwork mm. as well. Yeah. So yeah. The, the point is, as a as your special skill in in today's episode is that a creative, mm. uh, being stuck at home, is it? It, 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 has it uh, given you more interesting creative ideas? Has it tortured you because you're you're trapped and there's kids running in and out and you know there's less time? Or any any new ideas come out of it? I mean, I have I have one benefit of having a recording studio is that it's soundproof, so I can actually oh. lock the doors, close all the doors. It's not really soundproof. If they bang on the door, I can hear it, yeah. but I can also pretend that I can't hear it. And it's quiet enough that if I just turn the music up a little bit, I can pretend. But then, of course, I sit here and go, oh, they obviously really need me. So it's about 30 seconds of bang, 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 and you're like, no, no, I'm working. I'm working. And then guilt and worry and I rush over to the door and, and they're trying to come in and... <laughs> They're just going to escalate. They're going to escalate the level of importance. I've had so many important calls. Even like right now, I'm actually in the bedroom. You wouldn't know from the magnificent uh, (laughs) set. But uh, 
that door could just open. Oh, I yeah. could be recording a, a, a you know a federal MP and you know doing a doing their own podcast and just you know that's what I do. I like produce other people's stuff. Yeah. Uh, someone would just barge in the door and you'll go with my hand. You can't see it, but look, it's doing this. <laughs> stop! Like, stop! Fuck off! <laughs> right? Back up! Don't say anything. And they'll go. Uh, okay. After you've answered this question, am I allowed to make jelly? <laughs> like, oh go, no, no, no. Just you just have to walk away, and then and then it kicks off, and then they go, "Oh, don't be rude, Dad." And you go, <laughs> "This is really embarrassing." But oh, that happens. My- it's not soundproof in my bedroom. Oh um, god! I, unlike you, I've got two studios, but they're in Collingwood, six point yeah. five kilometers yeah. away. Can't go to them. Um, yeah. But the, the 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 good news is I've copped a um. I've just got a new contract to record a news podcast, which now news, um, you know, work yeah, I'm in the zone. Yeah, I'm yeah, cool. Great. So I can go there. Once the kids are at school, I'm good. My wife yeah, works for a local library, your local library. Yeah. And um, so they're working. she's working from home and stuff like that. So tell me about the Ricks. Okay, well, that that was sorry. That question you asked before was about you know if it's been create creative for me or not. That we, we this sort of feels like lockdown two. It's the more serious one, but it in the first lockdown, St Jude were in the process before lockdown of recording our fifth album, um, and it's a big record. You know, it's, it's this big high concepts process, big. Really, really fun. We set ourselves all these rules that we're following, and then you follow this small set of rules, and then you can do anything outside of that. But that just gives you a starting point, anyway. So lockdown, the first one came in, and we couldn't finish. We were pretty close with it, and I needed to do something musically. So I'd come out into the studio and I'd potter away at that, and drive myself bananas. And so, okay, I've got to do something else. I'll. I've been meaning to work on my own projects for a while. I've got this folky thing, but I wanted to do this sort of other band. So I did a, a kind of a pop punk kind of thing, um, which is the Ricks. Right. And then, and, sorry, yeah. cut you off. No, the, so- the song that, you know, the song I've got lined up here. Yeah. Did you write that? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I th- there's nine tracks on the record and, and yeah. one of them's cover. So I did eight tracks. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So that was my first lockdown was – in the studio, nine-track album, start to finish, all done, everything done by me, songs written, all of it. And I was like, yes, great. And second lockdown comes along and I'm like, yeah, I can do this again. And <laughs> I come out and I sit there with the guitar and just that that weight of it being so long and mm. – so long from your friends and so long from, you know, and that creativity is just, it's just really sapped by this point. So uh, it's more like Morrissey, a Morrissey album than a, <laughs> a pop, a garage pop. Um, yeah, I think it's more like a John Cale, you know, <laughs> three minutes of silence or whatever it was. There's, there's not, there's not much happening at the moment. There's some very kind of skeletal ideas which is sitting there. And I generally just sort of have a few beers and, stare at my computer <laughs> <laughs> that's it social media watch watch look at social media and look at the documentary on so, how bad social media is and then go back to social media it's too hard i'm not watching the murdoch one and i'm not watching the social media one i'm not watching I I it. I know it's evil. 
I don't need to be told it's evil. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm going to play the Ricks for a minute. Yeah, go ahead. And, uh, Thank you. We don't know if the tech's going to technically work, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> Can you hear that? Yeah. Pretty good to. Um, I'm gonna try and be super clever and leave that in the background. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I thought oh, one of my favourite old songs that I don't know if you'll agree was Paul McCartney's "Coming Up" because in the video clip, uh, oh. he was everybody in the whole band except Linda, of course. Oh well, so, so with beards and dressed up as and in disguise and stuff like that. Oh, great. I love it. So th- is that all? That's all you. Yes, yeah, that's all you. Fantastic. Yeah, well, it's you know it's lockdown. So yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, the only thing I didn't do on that was uh, my friend Annie Murray did the the text uh, text animations. The one that's if yeah. you've seen anyone looks up the video clip. Yeah. Um, she's a, a fantastic animator. Um, and she did the closer now that flies out from the sides and um yeah so that that was really cool to work with her. No, on that's that. awesome. And that yeah. so that was lockdown one. That was lockdown one, yeah. Yeah. So, look, it's ending soon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's something. How was it? How was the family feeling on Sunday when we got the news that, you know, school was going back and things were easing off? Was there? Uh, We we were just trying to cope with having two kids running around. We barely, you know, (laughs) one of us would, like, go inside for that, like, I need to get this thing done and you actually sort of spend twice as long because you spent, you know, 10 minutes of that 10, supposedly 10 minute job um, looking at your phone and, you know, distracting yourself. Um, like friends of mine made a joke, the, someone made the joke the other day that I go to the toilet just for an excuse to use my phone uh, for a break from the family and then you forget to go to the toilet and you have to go back five minutes yeah. later. But yeah, so we were we we kind of just glanced at it over the course of a stressful day, and it was like, okay, they're going back to school. Yep, that's cool. Yep, great. Um, so it's sinking in now that that our, our big one's going to go back to kinder next week, which will be fantastic for him. He's really been oh, busting to go. He must be craving it. I yeah, just remember it was yeah. just everything for my boy at that time. Just that interaction yeah. with all the different kids and stuff like that. Yeah, it's been a weird one. He's he changed from childcare to kindergarten and f- going from four to five, and and he went to a new place. So he 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 hadn't even had a chance to make any friends. And just before the first lockdown, he he got um, really sick. It wasn't COVID. He got um, it was just as COVID was starting to look really serious, and things were starting to happen in hospitals and things. He got um, glandular fever and viral pneumonia. Um, on top of each other, and he was in hospital for a few days on a drip, and it was pretty serious. Mm. He was very, very sick. Um, so he missed 
bunch. Of, he was at kinder for like barely a month. I mean, maybe three weeks before he got really sick. And then that started. And then, you know, we kept him out for a little while because he wasn't quite well yet. And then it, lockdown started and um, it just got, it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy time. Yeah. That's the last thing you need to happen oh, at any time. Yeah. Like, what a, what a time to, yeah, have to be even near hospitals and stuff like that. Yeah. So he has an experience of like getting friends at kindergarten. He doesn't know any of the kids. Yeah. They're all just kids that are there sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Not old enough to be sort of tapping into this online thing. No. I found, you know, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think we're very, oh, let them find out. Go and let them cross Bell Street by themselves or whatever. <laughs> we're not technically like that. I mean, obviously each parent, you probably each yeah. parent's got a different idea on. There's one going, oh, let them find out. If they choke, <laughs> then they know not to swallow, a, you know, a piece of brick, <laughs> you know. And then oh. there's the other one going, no, <laughs> why don't we just tell them? <laughs> and so Try there's that me. balance. It's never going to be, no one's going to be on this exact same page. I took, I took my kids to, I shouldn't tell this story on a podcast because this is another example of being a terrible parent. But I took my kids to a playground the other day and um, it has a really, really high climbing thing. And it, between these two, great, great place. You climb this first building uh, climb across a few bridges to the second, even higher building and go down this massive slide. And and my little one would go across this bridge that was like something out of Indiana Jones. It was, you know, just skinny enough to have one foot and a couple of oh, rods sticking yeah. up. And he was walking across that. And I was like, I'm scared to death as he's going across the top of this thing. You know, he's he's above, he's well above my head when he's crossing this thing. And he did it over and over and over again. And I thought, this is okay. This is what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to do risk taking. This is great. They're having a great time. They've been caring and fun. I'll get this on video for my wife. So I went over and set up the video on the chair, like so I can show them. You know, it was one of those ones that captures it really fast. So they can, like, oh, going yeah, yeah. round and around in this thing down, set it up. I look up. He walks to the end of the thing and falls oh. two meters. Off this thing, my two-year-old. Hopefully the fall wasn't between frames. You don't get your two grand from Channel 9. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got three frames of it. Got him going one, two, three, oh, and then man. he hits the ground oh. as he flips up completely. Um, yeah, so, of course, I, the camera goes flying out. I've destroyed the phone first and then went to look after the kid. <laughs> He was totally fine. It was stressful, oh. and he, you know, kids of that age they bounce. But uh, was that thing where you know I'm I'm trying to not be a helicopter parent, and I'm trying to give him opportunities to hurt himself and and learn from those mistakes. I think I'm generally pretty good with that. They climb trees, and you know we've got chickens, and they I let them play, you know, barefoot and climb and dig and jump and all those sorts of things and play with tools and use hammers. And and it's always that one where you just take your eye off for a minute to like duck this fun experience and that's when they fall. So and I'll have that video on my phone for a while every now and then I'll watch it and watch a two-year-old falling two meters. Remind myself. <laughs> well, I reckon, you know, I reckon I'm disclaimer. I reckon I'm more in the legal department where I was like, 
all right, so over years of forcing myself not to not to try and not helicopter when all my instincts want me to go, just don't do it because then <laughs> that one in a thousand chance of breaking your neck won't happen, right? It's like sounds like Homer Simpson, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if, if it's too hard to do, don't, it's not worth doing. So I can't. <laughs> So so I think now I throw out a disclaimer, go, you know, you could badly hurt yourself doing that <laughs> so that I'm not that parent going, I can't believe I just let him do that. I was like, well, I, I, I disclaimed, I warned him. You were warned. That's good. <laughs> that's I did that with the elder one, one but yeah. with the two-year-old, oh, I yeah. can't believe it's only, I mean, it's just, people who have 20-year-olds probably say the same things, but I can't believe it's only two years ago that, he was born. I mean, he's such a complete little being now, um, and half, and and a, and a quarter of that's now been spent locked up in a room with. It's a big amount. Family, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I, was, yeah, I wonder uh, how. It'd be interesting to see what comes next. What next year is going to look yeah, like to yeah. the kids from their perspective? Yeah, I know at two and five, they're not necessarily. Gonna, they're probably just going to go. Cool, everyone's home. No problem. But not to yeah. get that full, let me make it clear. Like if I'm at work and they're mm. at school or kinder or whatever, mm. then they're not they're not constantly being rejected by me. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm here in the corner of this room and they walk in and I'm going, get out. And then yeah. they go into the other room and my wife goes, get out. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. We've yeah. got a backyard though. I mean the great one of the final benefits of having the crappest house <laughs> is, that hasn't had a townhouse built on the back of it is you know oh, it's raw. The fence is coming down, and there's it's a jungle, and there's an oh, old trampoline God. that no one should get on. So, <laughs> like your chickens, like it's a bit of real world that they don't you know you don't know how. Lucky yeah, you are I, we're, we're so fortunate to have the backyard that we've got. I mean, we that's one of the reasons we ended up where we did. So, I space to have our studio, my studio, place to have veggies and space for the kids and so we've got all sorts of little zones and we just got a, a, a trampoline the other day which was really needed um and and we've been exploring recently on, on our bikes all of the parks and 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 waterways and stuff around with the kids which has been really really good so we're very very fortunate i don't imagine how difficult it would be um to have been stuck with these kids in a in a in an apartment, yeah, um, no backyard and <laughs> you know sharing. Know. Six months ago, my kids, you know, were sort of almost lobbying to go and live in an apartment. Really? Yeah, they just got it in their heads. They they've been watching Friends. I know, I know. Wow, <laughs> but I don't know how or what. <laughs> but suddenly they start watching Friends. You could just put, and a we're frame sitting there cringing, door. going, "Oh." Should they be watching this? Because they're friends. All they talk about is is sex. Oh, <laughs> it's God. like, oh, all right. Well, I don't. At least I don't have to tell them stuff. <laughs> it's pretty tame. I think it'll be right. it is definitely tame. But this. But they really want to live in an apartment, and they don't wow. now. I tell you what, That's they so really funny. things have oh. changed now that they've now we've been locked in. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the the big thing for for my kids is that they don't necessarily need space; they need s- stimulation away from us. Uh, you know, visiting grandparents or being at kinder or any of those sorts of things. We've been fortunate not to need space in the outside world; mm. they just need something else. Yeah, well, that's it. That mm. that's the bottom line, isn't it? Something yeah. else, and we'll just take every bit we can. 
<laughs> within the rules and uh yeah and i mean we're all busting for that aren't we even adults it's like yeah i i normally play um dungeons and dragons with some friends some people in bands with and Hello. i um <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's no. a trigger for me we had no. uh <laughs> early on in our last season we had um scott from tripod as a guest yeah, and he, I said that he had an unusual tattoo, which is like a multi-sided dice, <laughs> or some weird omegahedron or whatever on his arm. And I said, "What's that?" He's like, "Oh, I play Dungeons and Dragons with my kids, and then now the neighbors' kids come and play, and they, you know, and it sort of talked about how parenting, yeah, an analog activity sort of thing, and everyone goes, "Thanks <laughs> for doing this with the kids." And he's like, he's just riding his own obsession. It's like me, yeah. <laughs> you know, I threw, I throw kids' birthday parties where they record a podcast in my studio. Oh, wow. Well, not you know, for my kids, that is, you know, yeah. but, but uh, because that's just my obsession. I'm always keen yeah, to do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so anytime anyone says it, I go, oh, yeah, I'm done Dungeons Curious. Uh, I, reckon, <laughs> I reckon I'd be the type to get into it, but uh, oh, it's, it's like a good. secret society. It's great fun, but one of the best experiences uh, best things of it, of the experience for, for me and is the, the the friends I do it with we're all band mates and and we get together and usually do it in a studio here because it's a big space that and it's you know it, you need to do it somewhere and you know you booze on and talk and we all do silly voices and that that's kind of the thing for us it's very performative it's not about it's not about numbers and and, and dice and things it's more about um being and having that performance experience yeah, and, yeah. and drinking beer and you know carrying on um and not uh, doing it on zoom it is just not the same experience oh it's, right okay so like that and in terms of like wanting different stimulation i just want i mean as we all do i just want my friends around to have that you know to be with them and 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 do those those things together as um you know, in as much as I'm busting to play music again, be with my friends in that way. It's just we just need our people around us again, don't mm. we? Definitely. And and I think the Zoom thing, uh, it's interesting with the kids, but I'll get to that. But the Zoom thing's interesting because what is the difference? And I realise it's probably shame because when you're <laughs> in a Zoom call, like when I'm going off, if I'm, you know, I've had a few beers or whatever and yeah. I'm, you know, wanting to go on a full rant, I don't know whether someone's kids just standing there watching in the oh, door. Like yes. I'm not, I'm not yes. in a private place or someone's rumpus room, <laughs> you know, or or playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know. Like what if you got caught? <laughs> so that freedom to just express yourself with your with your peeps where you, yeah. not, where you yep. normally do that. And maybe the kids are a bit like that as well. I'm, I'm really um, – I know you, your kids aren't at that age, but my kids have been doing – uh, tally chat Webex and yeah. all this kind of stuff for their school, but they only pick. They haven't really got the courage to start up a conversation. To start up a conversation, it's got to be formal. You got to say, "Hey, um, you know, Sharon, um, do you, do you want to get on a Webex?" It's not mm. just walking up to someone in the schoolyard. So they're missing out on the inadvertent, relaxed conversations. Even the hi, hi, yeah. it's a big thing. If you say hi, hi. For them now, for a twelve-year-old, it's that's sending an email that says hi. That's that's a that's a thing. 
going and standing next to another 12 year old and looking at what they're doing is almost like making best friends with someone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, they've got some cards or something, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I've got the da 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 one. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's we're best friends for the rest of the world. Yeah, you've applied to be to to like them on Facebook, and yeah, that's that's the equivalent of of, of ticking a a couple of boxes and filling in an application form. Well, it's a, weird, it's a weird transition now because I suppose the, what what these kids are learning from this experience, they might not use next year or the year after, or or maybe this is the new reality. I, I you're, I, I think you you and I are of similar generation. I think we're we're that between X and Y sort of generation that kind of um, crossed between being computer illiterate and being highly literate. And so we're pretty good with computers. You know, you can figure it out pretty quickly, but you didn't live with them your entire life. So you do have an experience of not having, of having, you know, growing up with vinyl or growing up with CDs or tapes or whatever, or, you know, having a remote control that had to plug in on a long cable, stuff like that, you know, or, or the clicker. Things like that, where that those that transition period between the past and the future, I think we're probably yeah having the good things and knowing they're the good things. Yeah, because yeah, you know what it's like to not have the good things. <laughs> but you I wonder I mean? if that, yeah, and I wonder if that's what it's like for these kids. Is they'll they'll for for the generation that's that's here now, where where they're they're using the internet, having to learn a new form of language, of a new form of introduction where you do have to say, have to type, may I start a conversation with you? And that's a new language that they need to learn to be able to say, yeah. hey, you know, hey, hey, hey. And, and and yet they're still doing hey in the playground. So they have that dual language. Yeah. And I think maybe I wonder if kids in 20 years' time just won't hang out on the playground the way that Be interesting. The kids do now. Because they're more... They're more not polarized. What's the word? They're more just in sm- they're in smaller groups. Mm. The the people like I guess when I was a kid, I was probably that satellite kind of guy. You know, you, you kind of were te- technically a mem- technically a member of three groups: the toughy yeah. pot smokers from Hillsville. <laughs> I was definitely hanging out with them. They were grouse. That was hilarious. I loved Frank Zappa, yeah. and it was like amazing what I learned from those guys. But then. <laughs> This is high school, by the way, and then and then there was a, not primary school, and then of course there was the the girls, you know, and the, and the and the kind of wild boys going to gigs and stuff. Yeah, like I was really into that. Uh, so I was definitely a me- like mem- being a member of different groups. Yeah, that's going to be tough for people like me that that sort of swung around and hung hung out with lots of different groups because it just wasn't enough to be, you know, it was like mods and rockers and you know. Skins yeah. and sharps, like it, not enough for me to be in one thing. But I wonder if the, no. the playground allows that bouncing around. You can just wander over because, like, the jocks are getting a bit boring and hang out with the computer nerds. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want to define yourself that greatly. Some people really do, though, don't they? They define themselves by by a by a pop culture choice or something like, um, you know, someone who's just really into harry potter and that is just such a hugely defining part of everything that they do you see that on instagram 
I mean, maybe that's deceptive as well. Maybe on Instagram they look that that's a that's a that's a mask that they wear and they're able to be this potterhead kind of person and that's everything to do with their life. But in actual fact, they also, you know, have other other parts of their life. Yeah, and it's an but identity, that, you know. I was a Pink Floyd guy. I was the Pink Floyd yeah, guy, yeah. you know, had the badges and all that. And a man yeah, said pure. to me one time, oh, I, I, you're lucky. I said, why? He goes, you've got your, a thing. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and I was put off by it. And I think that I took those off that I, I was like, that's it. I'm not yeah, a Pink Floyd yeah. guy. I, was still, I still enjoy the music. But I was like, don't call me a Pink Floyd guy. Oh. And he said, you've got a thing, you know. And I gave one. I had a bunch of madness and scar badges as well because I was into that. Yeah. And I gave them. I said, there you go. Put them on. So you can have oh. that. Have that, have a thing if you want a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sound, sound like me, a real contrarian. Don't don't tell me what I am. As soon as you tell me what I am, I don't want to be it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that I think that happens with the gaming. With the in the, in the back to my world, I think yeah. you know my son is like one of the Fortnite kids who's really good at it, and there's probably yeah. a group of them. Uh, yeah, so it's wow. quite exclusive because you need to put in a lot of hours. You can't just get a badge. You've got to well, become good at a game. That's different, isn't it? Mm. It's like becoming a pothead, isn't it? Like you have to put in a lot of time to become a real pothead. It takes a bit of time. <laughs> you know, we were probably more like, you know, you dip in and every now and then and you listen to some Pink Floyd, but you also yeah. listen to a bit of madness, you know. That's you it, yeah. To be, a, to be the pothead, you've gone – I mean, you've, it's like everyone, you've gone and taken that so, maybe that side of things and just gone, that's, that's it. That's, that's good yeah. enough for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going with that one. <laughs> it's like the kid, the, kid who, the kid who was, oh, I don't know if you had someone like this at school, like, you know, who was into, um, you know, tennis or skiing or something. You know, there was plenty of kids on the football team, but they could be on the football team and also – you know, other things, whereas it seemed like, you know, the kid who was into that that sort of sport, that swimming or whatever, that seemed to dominate so much of their life. Yeah, the ones that had that possible dream of, you know, going on to proper yeah. Olympics or whatever. Gymnastics, I think, mess, messes with a lot of kids. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, all there is is that potential for greatness when you're 16. And then you yeah. just fuck off, <laughs> you know, go to a nightclub or whatever because it's over now. I'm sorry. There's no 25-year-old gymnast. Oh, maybe there is. Apologies. Oh, I forgot. I'm on the radio. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as long as we're getting on and having laughs and uh, constantly remembering, um, remembering uh, that, the, you know, the, to have some fun. At home, like yeah, I think everyone's got any top tips for anyone. Like any, I any little things you've done, you thought, I reckon that's clever how we've done that. You know, any little tips, any little games. Oh, bit of pressure there. Sorry. I I I don't know. I I I think all of my good ideas are just have been proven to be ineffective by this point. (laughs) I mean, the the best thing we did recently is having two small kids and neither of them being able to ride a bike yet. The eldest, we got him a bike for his birthday, but he he bumped he bumped his hand against the wall on the second or oh, third yeah. time he had a go on it, and he's just sworn off it at oh. the moment. And we're just not gonna we're not gonna push it. Yeah. But we um we hired a um an electric motor uh, pedal assist bike that can fit both of them on the back. 
Oh, nice. Cargo. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what the brand is. I, I, I can't speak them because I can't remember. But they um, – and that's been fantastic. So we've I, I bundle them on there every day and I couldn't get them on yesterday, which is one of the reasons I had such a bad day. Um, bundle them on there, strap them in, helmets on and go. And, and then it's like – if you ride the right directions, you can time it out so that you're like, no, no, we're not going to that playground. We're going to the one that's, you know, and you can get your like 12 Ks of riding around yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, different, different, obviously within the five Ks, but you know, you're all around you stop here and, and it's a bit safe because it's contained and you've got a bit of food in the back. And so that, that, that was a something we did that um, has been absolutely fantastic. Just being able to sort of, control them and contain them and, and it's oh, yeah. it's been great for me because i've actually been riding a lot lately you know doing you know 10ks a day on the bike and it, it's a, like i said it's pedal assist so it's probably you know only half that but that's more than i was doing a month ago yeah i'm um, but, huge i'm a huge fan of pedal assist bikes i have one yeah i have a normal bike and a, and a pedal assist bike which is currently not working, so it's normal, <laughs> it's normal all the way. <laughs> but I love it. I've been uh, ranting about them for years. And, uh, yeah, it's my... catching on. Um, but I, the idea of um, putting them both on and just, just it's just, it remind, it sort of seems like a symbol for that. Let's just make this possible rather than make, try and make it perfect. Like, yeah, oh, let's go for a right. family ride. My wife's been saying that since my kids were an age, even since the time my daughter didn't even ride a bike yeah let's go for a family ride i said well, let's just look at what that means <laughs> that means putting the rack on the thing taking them to somewhere because you're, oh. you don't want to ride from here right and basically me walking my bike alongside our daughter <laughs> who then eventually cracks it and doesn't ride the bike and yeah. it's just going to be a big screaming match and so you ride ahead with tom and then you come back going what's going on where are you and it's just going to go to hell but those yeah. cargo bikes, now I ended up putting a ma- a makeshift kind of one, like basically a cushion on a pack rack. And I put That's my daughter cool. on that and when my son could ride, we had the freedom to go on the paths and it just opened everything up. She enjoyed riding because she wasn't doing anything, right, but <laughs> she also got to go along the path and we all got to go along and it changed everything. And I looked at those things that you got and went, I really want one. But yeah. I had one kid to put on it, so we got through that. But it, it it's huge. It really gives it. It's, gives it's been it's freedom. been amazing. It, it's like going, you know, you go to the, you go to one of those places like the zoo where you you know you're kind of okay with the kids. Like I can take two of them to the zoo, or the museum places like that where they're stimulated and it's interesting. And one of them might run off, but you're probably all right. Like, whereas if, if if you go, there are some places that you go to the city or like, you know, you, shopping or one of those places where like they run off and you're like, fuck, this is bad. <laughs> or you lose one of them or they lose interest or you've got to do something or like, you know. Yeah. And it's like that, you know, you can chuck them on the bike and it's okay, you know, until the little one starts his, his sign that he's falling asleep is he starts headbutting his brother with oh, his helmet, no. cracking his, the helmets together. So you actually hear the brother it. complaining. Stop. Oh, yeah, I can hear that. He, I hear it. And, stop, and he does his best to stop and stop it, but then he's also five, mm. and eventually he just cracks his head back, and then that, and oh. it's all over, and then it's all bad. <laughs> but 
Yeah. <laughs> you need one of those shields they put up in cafes now to put a perspex between I, them. I need, I've been thinking about adding some sort of strap to the back of his helmet so when the, it's like you tie his head back or something. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. It yeah. reminds me of when I used to ride a Vespa around with my wife on the back. All, All around right. Tassie, just every time I put the brakes on, crack. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> it's like, can you? She never used to drive a car at the time, so she, yeah. she just sat there comfortably, not caring. Oh. Whereas people that have driven, when they're a passenger on a motorbike, they they're into it, like they're their heads, you know, their necks firm, and they're into the fear of everything. Yeah, but right, she was just right. like sitting there, and then crunk. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, look, I love the idea of uh, chucking them both on the uh, pedal assist. So, yeah, it's been great. So that would be something I'd recommend. Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's been expensive but worth it. <laughs> yeah, we, we found that bike riding has been a huge part of getting through this. Yeah, the distance and and even we even got to the point where I think it's fast tracked permissions for the twelve year old. So he now. Yeah. He now just gets on and goes off for a ride and, you know, he sees his friend somewhere and uh, gets a slushy or whatever, so proper yeah, high school right. stuff. So it's we sit here pretending we're not shitting ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> when he comes home, he's like, boy, my boy, you're home. <laughs> my my wife was telling me about a friend of hers who who, who let um, their, their child go to the shops at like five or six or something, Whoa. give them money and let them go for a walk around the block, go to the shops. To, and it was a real, it's one of those rite of passage things, you know, that you, that you do. And, and um, yeah, no judgment on them. I mean, that I'm sure they felt like that the, their child was ready and they were ready, but I don't know if I, I'm ready for no, that. So it's not a five. No, no, I, I couldn't know. do it. Like my daughter, I have, she hasn't gone by herself and she's 10. Yeah, but they go together, and that's sort of reasonably safe. But um, yeah, it is. It's frightening. It's a different world, and all that sort of stuff. It's it's yeah. a hard decision to make, you know, off your nick. I used to do it. I remember when I was. We grew up not country, country, but I don't know if you know Panton Hill. It's kind of out no, past no Elfham. Yeah, so it, it's kind of micro country, and we we you know you get your two dollars, and you'd walk the two Ks to the shop or whatever, how many Ks it was. It was quite a few actually. And then um, you take you an, an hour. So it must have been more than that. I can't it shows how long ago it was. You'd get your $2 worth of mixed lollies and then you'd walk back and, and it was along the side of the road and some bits of the through the bush and stuff. But I, I don't remember what age I was, but I don't know if I'd be comfortable with my kids yeah. doing that. Look, it's got to be a balance between getting them to letting them do something because you feel you should because you did it. Yeah. But I used to go and when I was seven, I used to go to the milk bar by myself, cross a major road and buy durries for my parents. (laughs) Right? They go, off off you go, get me two packets of Kent. Right? (laughs) That was pretty heavy. Like I'm not going to go – well, I will, I did it, so it's probably all right. There's nothing wrong with me. There is something wrong with me. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it. I'm trying not to force myself to let them do stuff that I don't feel comfortable with, just yeah, because yeah. other people do or whatever, or or, <laughs> or I think it's probably the right thing. But uh, either way, COVID has changed everything. We'll see what it's like out there for them. That's Absolutely. for sure. I better wrap it up. You, I've got your top tip: the bike, the bike thing, and that is bike. awesome. Yep. Um, and um, just drink a lot. Drink a lot. Help. Yeah, I know. I made a vow at the start. Of this. I said, right, I'm going to have to drink more. Oh god, like, I yeah. wasn't drinking anywhere near enough. Nowhere near enough. No, yeah. I'm not going to be able to get my my rock podcast up and running without <laughs> at least seven times as much grog in me. I'm going to be so seasoned when we go out there. Go out there again when gigs start it'll be like oh, i can drink with the best of them what can you imagine the croxton full of people <laughs> and let's say king gizzard's playing or something and they're all just standing there eight beers <laughs> in going oh, i'm not feeling we- it give me another one <laughs> let's keep trying <laughs> i think it's going to be i think that the so reaction is sitting still the, the reaction from some people is not to drink and from others is drink to excess because mm. it somehow dulls the pain. And I think we're going to, we're all going to go out and you'll be like every second person will be one drink and they're on their ear and the other people will be like, this is not touching the sides yeah. at all. And I'm <laughs> so excited to be outside. So uh, pubs are going to be funny for the next few months. Once they yeah, definitely, it's going to be a cack. It's going to be a cack. And everyone will be just so much more grateful to be there. Oh, yeah, I just can't. There won't be any like, oh, I don't want to go to that gig. It was like, yeah, I'm going to every gig. Go to every gig. I'm saying it now. I'm going to every gig. Every single gig. Please, everybody go to every gig. Everybody who's. I'm going the full Mary. The full Mary? (laughs) (laughs) Mary who's at every gig. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, I know Mary. Yeah, Carby Warby, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Going yeah, no, you've, you've you've got to. I think if any of your friends are in, in gigs or have art shows coming up or or have, you know, a community theatre production of Oliver or any of those things, just go to it because it's an excuse to leave the house and they've desperately been wanting to do this for you for so long. So yeah. that's, yeah. yeah, I think that would be really important for us all. Yep. As, a, as an arts community, I think Melbourne is really, you know, busting to perform for each other again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and get on some online things. I think the Resi, where's my notes? I think you did the poster for it. Yeah, Res, the Res Reservoir Fest. has they've they've zigged or zagged when they needed to, and yeah. um, it's now an online event, which is going to be great. It's a whole it's a whole thing that they've they've said that you know that it's not just going to be a you know a gig on on instance on on Instagram or something, which is you know the best most people have been able to do, which is fantastic. But um, they're trying to do something you know, different and new. And I think that Can't from wait. what I've seen so far, it's looking great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, real fantastic. Get your I'm tickets. Got, I booked up yesterday to a um, a conference. Oh, wow. Like a, a community radio conference or something like that, right? Regional community radio conference. Paid the money. And yeah. I'm, I'm stoked because, <laughs> you know, like I don't have don't, – I'm not necessarily up for forcing myself to – hang with people and start conversations. <laughs> so I'm happy to sit in my room and quietly just watch it and all walking between events and all I don't know. And I can also wag the shit out of it if it if I find it boring. But I won't. That's um <laughs> that's a weird thing, isn't it? Like I I'm I'm a person who can get up on stage and perform for anyone and I I years of teaching and, and 
everything. I don't find public speaking in any way stressful. But um, if I go to a conference or a class or, you know, any of those things, I don't talk to a single person. I, I just won't. I can't do it. I find that social, that social anxiety. That's in fact, one of the Rick's songs, the next single that's just, just coming out now um, is about social anxiety and just, um, you know, not being able to talk to people, <laughs> you know, going to gigs and sort of having to run away halfway yeah. through and things like that. It's strange. It's such a strange thing. It's just so many compartmentalizing that you can do in your own head. Yeah. I um, mean, if you're preparing for, for a performance, you assume you you've rehearsed it and you've got an idea what you're going to do, and then someone just walking up saying, oh, "They're nice shoes." This is like <laughs> boom! Suddenly you got uh, 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 what? <laughs> how, do I, how do I deal with that? Go it's away. Just <laughs> weird because I could get if someone said, "Can you get up on stage and do a speech about this, whatever random thing?" I'd be like, "All right, I'll, I'll probably be shit, but." talk some shit and say yeah. a few dumb jokes and I won't be stressed about it in any way, even though I know it'll probably be terrible. Whereas if if you said walk into the back there and go up to a random person and, and have a conversation, I would have such anxiety. It's pretty frightening. They pretty talk frightening. to me, I'm okay. Yeah. But starting it, it's just, oh, you had to go to nightclubs in the eighties. <laughs> there was no, there was no Tinder for us. You just had to walk up to someone at some stage. Was, either that or you were such a good dancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> On that note, I better, I better wrap this up. All right, thanks, uh, thanks a million for uh, giving us a rundown on what it's like to be a muso and an artist working from home uh, during COVID with the little ones. Uh, yeah, I hope that helps uh, some dads out there. So you get an idea what we're all going through. We'll come out with our ideas and uh, get yeah. yourself a, a cargo e-bike or whatever you would call them. Put the kids on and yeah. get them out. No excuses. And don't don't stress if you haven't done anything creative because it's it's really, I mean, it's really difficult to be creative. Yeah. I'm finding it hard not to burst into tears most of the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I found the same. I thought, oh, I'm going to do so many projects. I was like, yeah. can't I just, I'm just going to survive. Yeah, just get through it. Yeah, that. get through each day. Yeah, yeah. we're only going to be a year older. No one did. <laughs> no one did. Yeah. Super duper. All right. Thanks, mate. Thank you. All right. Ciao. Oh.